Welcome to the Manufacturing Executive Podcast, where we explore the strategies and experiences that are driving mid-sized manufacturers forward. Here, you'll discover new insights from passionate manufacturing leaders who have compelling stories to share about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from B2B sales and marketing experts about how to apply actionable business development strategies inside your business. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Manufacturing Executive Podcast. I'm Joe Sullivan, your host and a co-founder of the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, where we help B2B manufacturers grow through revenue-focused marketing programs. Advancing sustainability, reducing downtime risk, creating a more profitable future through energy efficiency. These are all positive side effects of implementing a modernized energy system. And in the manufacturing sector, where incredible amounts of energy are consumed every minute from a century-old power grid, it's time to start looking toward the future. Let me introduce my guest, who's here to share his wealth of knowledge on the subject. Gareth Evans is the CEO and founder of energy transition platform Vecta. Gareth's mission is to empower businesses and communities to make the global transition toward a more affordable, secure, and renewable energy future. Gareth has been a leader his entire life, from working in charity and community organizations, leading sports teams to military operations. Gareth has parlayed these experiences into building teams and businesses who challenge the planet's greatest challenges and opportunities. He is now focusing on enabling companies to successfully navigate the energy transition. Gareth's time in Iraq following the Gulf War set his mission in motion. It opened his eyes to a world without access to reliable energy and other basic essentials needed to survive. He saw the impact it can have on the stability of a region and the health and success of businesses and communities. Driven by this experience, Gareth committed himself to finding solutions that create profitable and sustainable energy outcomes so we can all thrive. Gareth, welcome to the show. Awesome to be here. Hey, Joe. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I'd love for you to um, dive a little bit into your journey in a little more depth. Tell us what led you to where you are today as CEO and founder of Vecta. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. And I'd say a uh, bit of a global citizen, as you can tell from the accent, not originally from San Diego, where I'm based today, but originally from Liverpool, England. Always adventurous, outdoorsy, always brought up to believe in a uh, experiences versus materialistic things that kind of set the tone for the journey that I went on. So always thought I was going to be fast jet pilot with the Air Force, geared my life towards that, but loved geography and environmental science. And at the end of university, decided the Air Force wasn't really for me and started my adventures around the world. And so I did some crazy things like uh, I got the bend scuba diving. I trained with the Shaolin monks in Northeast China. I did charity work in South America and then ended up in Canada and I was supporting the oil and gas industry to clean up old oil and gas well sites. And um, yeah, working with a large energy engineering corporation, it gave amazing opportunities for me to take on new adventures around the world. So the one that you referenced in the bio was uh, supporting industry after the second Gulf War to move into Iraq. And uh, that was super exciting, super interesting, super stressful. We were living on the U.S. Army base in Basra. We were getting mortar attacked most evenings. We had to have personal protection teams taking us out every day. And uh, I think that was really, without me realizing at the time, that was the catalyst for Vector. Here we were extracting the fossil-based reserves that are fueling our entire economies. And yet, 
the local populace was surviving on two hours of power a day. And uh, I got to see firsthand the impacts that that can have on a community, on a business environment. And it's not something that we want to here in the US head towards. And um, there are reasons why we could, because the grid is becoming very old and very unreliable now. And so that's what we want to avoid. And so got to travel around the world and ultimately lead global power consulting business for Worley. And that's where we incubated this idea. And Vector is today the energy transition platform supporting business leaders around the world to navigate this complex environment. Wow, love your story. Not not the uh, the traditional resume that you might find on uh, with with many leaders in this space. So it's it's really interesting to hear your stories there. And wow, just you think about some of the things we take for granted in our in our lives, and you know, only surviving on small amounts of power for a couple hours a day. It's it's hard to even imagine. I mean, coming out of a heat wave here in in uh, the U.S. You know, it's, I think I, I think I saw 107 degrees on my phone here in St. Louis the other day, and then my weather app, and um, and then you you just look at you know places in the world where it's you just you don't have power. You know, it's a very minimal amount, and I I just and and I'm sitting here complaining about you know my AC's not working quite as well as I'd like it to. So pretty interesting space you're in, such an important space, and changing very quickly as I think you're gonna. You're going to be talking about here shortly. So, yeah, super dynamic environment, which actually creates huge opportunities for those that want to embrace it and uh, risks for those that don't. Gareth, I've had a handful of conversations on this podcast over the past few years that have shared the common theme of sustainability coming at the cost of profitability. And as it relates to energy systems specifically, is this a misconception? I think it's actually one of three misconceptions today. And it's definitely the primary one. I think even a few years ago, though, it wasn't a misconception. I think technology has come a huge way. You know, solar and storage technologies have reduced in cost by over 80% in the last 10 years. So we've gone down this really aggressive cost curve. And in parallel to that, we've seen utility rates really starting to escalate for customers. And so I think a combination of those two items has made the energy transition actually really profitable for businesses instead of being at the mercy of year-on-year cost escalations where you're a passive consumer of energy from the grid. The grid is getting older. It's getting harder to maintain, harder to operate. And as such, the utilities have to invest more money in it. You and I and businesses around the world pay for those investments. You know, We are ratepayers at the end of the day. We're not seen as being customers per se. And so those costs get passed on to us. And unless we take control over that, they're going to keep going up year-on-year. They're never going to go down. And so this is the opportunity today is, do you want to lock in your costs with an onsite energy system for the next 20 years and gain the benefits of that and have a firm line item on your balance sheet that you can really plan around? Or do you want to run the risk of just playing the gauntlet of not knowing where the prices are going to end up? And so I can share a few examples, if you like, of some recent case studies that we've uh, worked on that all really highlight this. So we work with a manufacturing company up in Northeast US. They're a large defense contractor. They were, they're spending 240K a month on energy. And with a on-site energy system where it offsets 50% of grid power, so they still connect with the grid. And then they supplement that with solar, which is both car mount, car port and rooftop, as well as a battery combined with wind as an optional adder for them, but these costs that I'll share with you are without wind, $96,000 a month cost savings, $1.2 million per year. 
and with the ability to reduce their emissions by 49%. So you can see that's pretty significant because then from a market perspective, it's seen that companies that increase their emissions typically have a 12% lower um, share price than those that have uh, those that have increased their emissions have a 12% lower share price. So you can see the benefits are quite significant on a monthly basis, as well as then once you stack it up. And then that doesn't even include the year-on-year -year escalation of the utility rates. And then the other example I want to share with you is a steel manufacturer here in California. They, With a rooftop solar and battery system, they're able to save $391,000 per year and reduce their emissions by 24%. And these aren't massive systems either. You know, it's typically businesses are constrained by the amount of space they have. So the more space you've got, the more solar, the more storage you can deploy, wind is an option, gas generators. So this is what's possible for businesses. And as you can see, it's very profitable when done right. And you've got this system for 20 years or more even. And so it's nice to have that energy security, that energy independence, and being able to play the market as you see fit as a prosumer versus a passive consumer. You mentioned, uh, well, I asked you that question and you'd said, well, that's what I think one of a few misconceptions. What are what are some others, you know, as it relates to energy that that you'd want to hit on? Yeah, I'd say the other two big ones are solar only is the holy grail. You know, I think a lot of businesses who have started thinking about this, their knee-jerk reaction is everyone's doing solar, let's do solar. And solar is awesome. It's typically a component of all the systems we look at. But what people, the biggest misconception is, is that if the power goes off, that solar will allow you to ride through that power outage. And in fact, people don't realize that when the grid power goes down, because people get sent out to fix those power lines, if you're continually producing solar and pushing energy back into the system, it can be very dangerous. So solar-only systems have to be shut off. They can only keep running if you've got a way of storing the energy and a way of disconnecting from the grid. And so... That's a huge misconception. We just had a winery that we we're supporting in Northern California. And literally while we were on the call with them, their power went off. And um, they said, not to worry, we've got some diesel genset backups. The diesel hadn't run for a little while and they failed to fire up. And so they're like, we'll be all right. We've got solar. We'll be able to ride through this. And everything went down. And you know, doing that in peak harvest season is a really bad outcome. And so we're seeing that pressure on a lot of businesses right now. Power quality, power reliability is also a big concern. And then the third misconception is that batteries are too expensive. And like we touched on at the start, battery prices have come down significantly. And batteries give customers and business owners a huge amount of opportunity. They can, one, manage peak demand charges, which are usually the charges that cost businesses the most. You know, when, the, when everyone comes home from work and at four o'clock, Everything gets fired on as the sun is going down. So the utility doesn't have access to that free energy. That's when all the gener gas generators, coal is all being fired up. And so power gets really expensive. And if you can flatten your consumption by then consuming your energy from a battery, you can save yourself a huge amount of money. You can also have the resilience backup of power goes off. You can now store the energy and ride through a power outage. So there's a lot, a lot of benefits of batteries, and that's why we're seeing them more and more in systems today. So, yeah, they're the three big ones. 
What are you seeing? I mean, you kind of started hinting at this already. You're talking about some some different energy solutions, but you know, when you kind of introduce you know, a manufacturing leader to what options are out there, what are the things you're usually talking about, whether it's wind, solar, or something else? So for all the business leaders out there, there's really four big levers that they have options for. What we always recommend is as a manufacturing company, first of all, you want to reduce how much energy you consume. So energy efficiency is a primary opportunity. Most businesses have gone through like the LED switch outs and things like that. But now there's opportunities to do fuel switching, gas to electric, uh, changing out boilers, using heat pumps, just optimizing how the plant is, is run in the first place. So we always advise companies start there. Those that have already done that, awesome. Then we recommend on-site energy. So that's being able to generate and store your own energy right at your facility and minimizing your reliance on the grid. We typically recommend they stay connected to the grid to have that resilient backup, as it were, and supplement what their on-site energy system generates. On-site energy technologies include solar, storage, gas, diesel, fuel cells, electric vehicle charging stations, so the ability to deploy any of these technologies on your facility is what creates the opportunity. As you can imagine, it's quite complex trying to figure out which combination of those technologies is going to meet a specific business need and objective. So that's where we come in. Like That's what we specialize in is being able to consider the hundreds of thousands of variables, fuel prices, solar radiance, how does the customer use energy today? What's their current grid connection? Do they have diesel generate? raises on site already and we consider all these variables and then we remove the emotion out of the whole process we let the technology inform us what the right technical solution is and then what the optimal financial setup so that's really the the two primary levers and then after that they can buy what's called virtual power purchase agreements which is where on paper you contract a renewable energy source that's what a, a lot of the big corporates have done today when you read microsoft is now carbon neutral it means they've gone and bought energy on paper but they're not connected to it they're not receiving the electrons it's just a a marketing process to reduce their emission profile if the power goes off you have like no backup it's just a, a virtual agreement and then the last is buying renewable energy credits and i think that's the biggest pain point for a lot of businesses you may have been following the press you know delta just got really really pulled through the the press because um they bought all these carbon credits, but they weren't legitimate. And they declared, you know, they'd offset all their carbon emissions and they were proven to be not as good as they should have been. And so for companies that are just buying renewable energy credits to offset their emissions, now they're suffering costs going up, emission, the renewable energy credit prices going up, and they're actually not doing anything to provide themselves any operational backup. And so it becomes a bit of a what I'd call an energy transition scam. You know, they, they kind of got sucked into this, this painful world of trying to, from a marketing perspective, show they're doing something, but actually really punishing themselves in the process. Okay, let's take a quick break here. I want to let a couple of our strategists at Gorilla76 tell you about something pretty cool that we're doing right now for marketing folks in the manufacturing sector. Peyton and Brendan, take it away. So I'm Peyton Warren. And I'm Brendan Forrest. Twice a month, we host a live event called Industrial Marketing Live. 
Right now, we have a group of 50 plus industrial marketers from a variety of manufacturing organizations that meet up digitally to learn, ask questions, network, and get smarter. Every session has a designated topic, and one of our team members at Gorilla76 opens up by teaching for the first half hour or so. Topics have included how to do a better manufacturing webinar, getting started with paid social on LinkedIn, how to optimize your website for conversions, creating amazing video content, and so much more. After we break it down, we open it up to Q&A so we can help you apply all of this in your own businesses. This is pure value, no cost, no strings attached, no product or service pitches, just a 100% unadulterated learning experience. And on top of these live sessions, we've also opened up a Slack channel where attendees bounce ideas off each other and learn together between sessions. We're building a true community of manufacturing marketing professionals here. So if you or someone at your company has the word marketing in his or her job title, please consider telling them about it. They can visit industrialmarketinglive.com to register. We'd love to see you there. Well, Gareth, shifting gears here, I yet to meet a manufacturing leader that doesn't suffer from periodic nightmares about downtime in their facilities. In what ways can modernizing your energy system mitigate downtime risk? Yeah, super interesting question, actually. And I don't know whether you saw, you know, in the Texas cold snap a few years ago, uh, Samsung publicly announced that they suffered a $270 million loss as a result of the week-long power outage. And so these can be extremely painful. Some of them are short and sharp, and you can kind of get through it. But particularly for manufacturing facilities, refineries, oil and gas assets, if the power goes off and the plant goes down, it can literally take weeks to come back online. And I think that's... One, it's unsafe. Two, it's a real impact to your bottom line. Three, it just creates a whole lot of headache in terms of how you're getting your product to market. So it is a big risk. And I think for businesses in the US, it cost businesses $150 billion last year in power outage impacts. And so this is not an insignificant number. And so most businesses don't think about this until it happens to them. They always think it's going to happen to someone else. And so we're always encouraging people to think about that. You know, just because it hasn't happened, the grid is aging and it's becoming more prevalent. We're seeing more severe weather events. These are all leading to more outages. We're about to experience a whole lot of outages in Northern California. So wineries are in the middle of harvest season right now and their harvest season, you know, a year's worth of work. They're about to go into the time that they make their money and their product is at risk if the power goes off and it's a huge concern because of the wildfires that the utility will just turn the power off to pr- protect themselves. So businesses can protect themselves by having that on-site energy solution to be able to generate and store their own energy when they need it, where they need it. You know, they have full control over it, what we call behind the meter on their facility. So that actually gives them the ability to control their own destiny. And what we're able to look at if they can't offset all their energy needs, you know, what are the critical loads that they really want to protect? You know, is it the production lines? Is it a real piece of the plant that's critical for safety? And you want to make sure at minimum those areas are able to run. Maybe the lights in the office go off and the warehouse, you know, shuts down. But how do you keep the actual critical loads operating? So we want to work with our we do work with our customers to think through that and make sure that they are pricing in the cost of that resilience. If we're able to work with them to understand if you were down for an hour or a day, how much would that impact your business? We can include that in the calculations and an already very attractive business case then looks really attractive because you can show that in the financial calculations. Gareth, I know that the recent Inflation Reduction Act includes incentives related to energy. Can you talk about that? It's uh, actually 
amazing time for business leaders to be embracing this almost $400 billion worth of money earmarked to support the deployment of systems like this. It's not just for these systems, it's for the onshoring of manufacturing, supply chain, mining, and more. But the incentives for spending money on a renewable on-site energy system are significant. They, at a minimum, they typically start around 30%. And then depending on where the facilities are located, you can get adders on top of that. You know, maybe you're in a low-income community, maybe you're in an energy community. And these are typically areas where you know, formerly mining of coal or operations of coal were prevalent. So you get added incentives and you can actually stack the incentives with up to 70%, but we're typically seeing in that 30 to 50%. So you can imagine if you spend a million dollars on a system and you've got 50% tax credit, you know, you're getting half price energy solution. As a result, we're now seeing systems that maybe had a three, four, five year payback being cash flow positive in less than a year. And uh, this is, it's a really good time to do it. Obviously, it's being supported by the current government. The risk being, is it going to continue to be supported if there's a, a change in leadership? So you know, there's, we've got a real window now to capitalize on it. Hopefully, it sticks around. If it doesn't, let's get as many systems deployed and take advantage of that money as much as possible. Gareth, what advice do you have for manufacturing leaders about how to make data-driven long-term decisions about energy? Yeah, it's a really good point. And I think um, this is kind of critical. I think the way the industry is set up today, businesses have been kind of positioned to fail. Because the industry is still quite young, it's still very uncoordinated. And that traditionally, there's been two real options. Either one, you go to a very expensive consultant and they'll take months to years to create an energy transition plan. And by the time you get it, it's kind of out of date. And it actually doesn't tell you how to go and implement it. It just tells you the on-paper benefits. Or you have to be at the mercy of being sold to by a supplier in the market. You know, Joe has got a bunch of solar panels and he he wants to sell you his solar panels. Or Schneider has an energy microgrid control and they want you to buy that. At the end of the day, it's very important for business leaders to keep, take control of that process and determine what is right for my business versus what is right for someone selling me a product or a widget. And so what we really advise is that Business leaders go through the process of where am I today? What's my baseline? How much energy am I using? Where am I using it across my portfolio of assets? What's it costing me? What's my mission profile? And then where across my portfolio will I get the greatest return on investment for deploying these systems? Then to configure the right system that will achieve their desired objectives. And then taking specs to market and getting firm apples to apples quotes from suppliers. So instead of being passively sold to, take your specs to market and get people to quote it such that you can select the right supplier for you. And there's lots of variables that obviously influence who the right supplier is. But what we really want people to do is make decisions on data, on informed insights that are not only coming from their asset, but from the whole market dynamics. So uh, that's where we spend a huge amount of time trying to simplify that whole process. We don't want this to be complex. We don't want people to feel like they need to be energy experts. We want business leaders to focus on what they do best running their business. But how can we support them to get truly profitable and ideally sustainable outcomes as well? Because that really supports their top and bottom line in many ways. Gareth, anything I didn't ask you about today that you'd like to add to the conversation? I just say that, you know, with any this energy transition, I know there's a lot of complexity around it. There's a lot of confusion. We typically hear the biggest 
concern or pain point is that people just don't know what's possible. They don't know where to turn to, who to, you know, what to do to begin. And I just say, you know, with any transition, there's winners and losers. And this is going to be a transition that is decades in the making. But we're really at this point in time now where it's not sustainable to keep buying energy from the utilities at the rate increases that we're experiencing. And we also don't want to suffer these outages. We can monetize market, attract talent, attract investors, attract capital by being more sustainable. That's been proven. So for those that want to embrace that kind of win-win, let's go on the journey together. I think it's a, let's make it simple. Let's make it so that people feel comfortable going on that journey and removing the complexity from it. And I think all the capabilities in the market exist today, capital, construction, equipment, it's all there, but it's the enabling technologies, the enabling data, the enabling insights to enable business leaders to make informed decisions that is the, the crux and I think that's where I'm excited about where the industry is going is we're seeing more and more of those technologies coming into the sector to make life easier for business leaders to act with confidence. I think it's a great mission and I really like what you guys are doing. Gareth, can you tell our audience where they can learn more about Vecta, how they can get in touch with you? Yep. Vecta.com is a really great resource. V-E-C-K-T-A.com. We've got lots of blogs, articles. We've just released a white paper on the Inflation Reduction Act. So anyone who wants to learn a lot more about that, you know, that's accessible on our website. We have our own podcast, The Renewable Rides, which is awesome. You know, Dan Roberts and I run that. And it's all about sharing the trials and tribulations of people's energy journeys, as well as uh, sharing some insights into what is the energy transition and what is on-site energy. So yeah, I'd say they're the, the best resources, but we're all over LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can particularly find me personally on, on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Well, Garrett, thanks for doing this today. Yeah, you've been awesome. Thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. As for the rest of you, I hope to catch you on the next episode of The Manufacturing Executive. You've been listening to The Manufacturing Executive Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about industrial marketing and sales strategy, you'll find an ever-expanding collection of articles, videos, guides, and tools specifically for B2B manufacturers at gorilla76.com learn. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.